Hello. Hello. Welcome back. Yes, welcome back, everyone, to another fabulous episode of Joey and Allison, Mental Health Warriors. Uh, it's good to be back. It is. Who else is going insane with this pandemic? And and the world just being on fire? Because I am... Well, I, th- I think we all are. Oh. And, uh, and I'm seeing the news that, like, every... I know in California, I, I think in Texas too, like everything that's opened back up, they're already shutting it down again because the cases have spiked in that and are at the highest ever. Yup. So uh, that makes me wonder what is going, what is going to be like in Ohio because I'm, as of right now, I'm scheduled to go back to work on July 20th. And that is when we will be, uh, opening to the public. David and my mother are scheduled to go back to work on Wednesday. Um, they are not opening the casino that they both work at to the public yet. As far as we know, it only be for like the high rollers club. Um, which I, I suppose is a good thing. Our zoo opened back up and or so, so I apologize. Our zoo will be opening back up on the first and uh, they're only allowing members. So if you have a membership to the zoo, you are more than welcome to go. However, they are limiting how many people go. So you actually have to make a reservation to go to the zoo. Yes. Um, the, li- the library that like most employees have started back. I'm one of the, I'm one of the select few that's still on furlough because of my position there. Mm-hmm. And what the, so basically it's just me and the other shelver that haven't gone back yet. Everyone else has gone back mm-hmm. and what they're doing is uh, starting tomorrow or today when you're listening to this is they are beginning a uh, curbside pickup. Yes. Our library has already started that. I got the text message uh, last week about how, you can go onto our library's website and select the books that you would like. It's, it's almost like shopping on Amazon. It tells you how many are left <laughs> quantity, <laughs> quantity wise. You select it in your cart and then you, you check out and you have to enter in your library card number and that's how they scan it. So you don't even go into the building. You have a, a scheduled time. You show up there and you walk into the lobby. Uh, Cause ours is set up where it has like a, you walk in with the opening doors, the sliding doors, kind of like a, a grocery store type doors um, that make my daughter feel like a Jedi every time we go there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you walk in there and they have a big table set up from the pictures I've seen and, you know, the one o'clock group. So all the bags are there for the one o'clock group. And then the two o'clock group, they do the same thing. So you have an hour for like 10 people to go and pick up their books before they hmm. take them away and set up the next group. So, but you don't even get to go into the library. You just go into that main area and then that uh, table is set up against the other sliding doors that allow you actually into the actual physical library. Yeah. So from what, from what, from what I'm reading with ours, we, like we have the reservation system set up. You have to show up at your allotted time Mm -hmm. and you, I I got to read the email again, but I think it's something like one of the options is you have to call the branch and talk to the manager and let them know you're there. Okay. And then what they, what they do is they put your items on, on a cart and roll it out to you hmm. while you're like, they ask you to wait in the car and they put it in a cart and roll it. I think that's what's going on. I don't know, but. I saw I have items that are going to be ready to pick up, and usually I would pick I would uh, pick them up when I go into work. But since I'm no not going back to work for another three weeks, it seems, mm-hmm. then it's uh, going to have to. Uh, I'm going to have to figure out a way to do it that way. I'm, I'm I. I mean, I can just call and ask them, like, hey, what, 
what's the deal or what do I do exactly? So, yeah, I just, this is our new normal. And uh, I, I posted it on my Facebook recently, how uh, for new year's this year, instead of saying happy new year, we should all just yell Jumanji because <laughs> I swear to goodness, that's what this feels like. And um, I, I mean, we all know I'm a huge Robin Williams fan and uh, I, I have a soft spot also for the rock. Uh <laughs> And Vin Diesel. Yeah, that, that, uh, the, the, that new movie is one of the ones I have uh, available on hold. Yes. So I have not seen the the second one with uh, Dwayne Johnson. So like the third one in the series. Um, yeah, neither neither have I. That's, I the, that's the one I'm talking about. Yeah, I have seen the original. Obviously, I own it uh, because Robin Williams. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've seen the second one, and it, it is. It does justice. The um, the memorial to Robin Williams that they did is is very touching and very sweet, and I enjoyed it. Um, even better is that there's an Easter egg where uh, when they are in the market, you can actually see somebody in the same outfit that Robin Williams first appears in as an adult uh, when he comes out of Jumanji. So that big hat and the leaves. There's a guy walking down the street wearing that exact outfit. So. I was like, oh! <laughs> <laughs> so there, there's no. kind of cool ways that they snuck it in there, like the touches of the original, but it, it's definitely a continuation. It is not a remake. So that was a nice thing. And I am curious to see the the third one, but I just, I haven't had a chance to. I've been watching Trolls and Sonic and... Yeah. I wanted to ask your your feelings on something I've seen, I've been seeing you post a bit a lot about lately absolutely is uh is it okay for me to get into the harry potter books now is it okay for you to start reading them now yeah absolutely okay because i i know all the all the problem the problematic things going on with jk rowling yes um She's, she's, yeah, yeah, that's, 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 that is something you've been posting about lately, yes, because it, it so. breaks my heart. And I have many friends that, um, have been targeted by her vile verbal diarrhea, and uh, it's frustrating because I grew up with these books at a time when I had just learned to read, like, I. I think I've, been, I've talked about this before, but I didn't know how to read until third grade. I had a teacher sit down with me and realize I couldn't read in second grade. And that entire year I was taken out of class during free time and sent to uh, kind of like an ESL, but uh, more special education wise that, that sat with me and worked with me. And I was so excited when I finally learned to read that I went, ran to the library upstairs where this book of fairy tales and poetry was that I adored. And I opened it up and I started to read it. I'm like, this isn't as good as it was in my head. And I was mad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I started reading The Lord of the Rings shortly after that. I sat there with a dictionary and I went through it. And if I got to a word I couldn't pronounce, I'd look it up in the dictionary. And if I still didn't understand, I'd actually go to my mom and be like, mom, help. Um <laughs> But I made it through. I made it through the Fellowship of the Ring. And then Harry Potter came out. And my teachers in third grade, I, I, I was in a classroom that had two classes. So I had I actually had two third grade teachers at one time. Um, it was actually kind of a cool setup. Uh, they would get us down on the floor and they'd read us a chapter every day. And my parents separated mentally around the time... Uh, I, w- I was in third grade. They didn't physically divorce until I was 11. My life completely changed when I was 11. Um, I mean, I had I had traumatic shit that happened prior to that, but um, it, it was it was frustrating because I didn't feel like anybody cared, and I was dealing with a lot of internal stuff and having been molested and feeling unwanted and kind of bullied by my own dad because he's a very selfish person and uh my teacher would read these books and I identified with with Harry you know I'm like huh 
that's interesting. And then I, I identified more with, with Harry when my dad actually bought his new house and I came there and I'm like, well, okay, that's cool. Your stepkids have their rooms. Where are me and my sister supposed to sleep? And he took me down to the basement and opened up this door underneath the staircase. He's like, well, I put all your things here. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I am Harry Potter. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um, but I mean, the books taught you that no matter where you came from, because you had Harry, who was a half-blood, who didn't even know he was a half-blood, um, you know, with his parents, because they had passed away and he's being raised by muggles or just plain humans. And then you had Hermione, who only had muggle parents. And then you had, you know, Ron, who's a full-blooded wizard and all of that crap with other full-blooded wizards and how they're not liked because, you know, they don't believe the whole pure-blood bullshit. There was a unity and it was okay. And... Then you meet Luna, and Luna is just fantastic. I adore Luna because she is creative, she is whimsy, she is witty, she is funny, and she is imperfectly, perfectly herself. Like, she has no fucks to give. <laughs> Luna is just Luna. and I, You could be bold, you could be creative, you could be shy, you could be quiet, you could be, you know, a, a, kind of a coward. You know, Neville was always cast as this coward, but he was the bravest of them all because he would stand up to his friends when nobody else would like you're learning all these things. And outside of the problematic things like Cho Chang and the Patel sisters and uh, the, the fact that there was a lot of whitewashing done, especially in the movies, which pisses me off. Um, but that's a conversation for another day. Um, <laughs> they were just really unifying despite the division within them like i remember fighting with people over what the best hogwarts house was but it didn't matter at the end of the day because we were all unified under hogwarts like that was our our place and it was kind of nice you know i still have friends that love these books and love their houses and everything else and i am so proud that my kids are loving this but i want them to take away the right stuff from it not the bullshit that jkr has decided to spew lately and, and and change and everything else but the fact that there there are causes that are worth dying for but none worth killing for and our world is, is facing one of those right now you know i we just had our trans friends stripped of their health care rights i i will die on that hill to fight for their rights for proper medical health care um we have our black people of color that are continuing to face discrimination and police brutality. I will die on that hill as well until they have the same exact rights that I as a white person have until they can walk down the street without the fear of being persecuted just for the color of their skin. You know, I, that's what I want my kids to take away from these books. And that's what I hope you, my, my loving friend, Joey, take away from this book or any of our listeners who have read these books or watched these movies take away from it. You know, fuck the fact that Cho Chang has, like, the most racist name possible. Because, <laughs> god damn it, there are just so many more beautiful names that have Chinese culture that she could have had. Um, like, her last name could have been Chang, but she could have had a more, you know, Western name, or she could have had something different. But that just, yeah. <laughs> Frustration. Um, fuck the fact that Lavender Brown is whitewashed in the movies, which irritated the fuck out of me um because it's blatantly obvious too which is even worse um you know it it's just a really good series and i know that if we have younger listeners the, the zoomers as they're called because i'm an older millennial like i remember dial up um <laughs> i lived with dial up zoomers don't oh, know I about did that. too. oh i know I right too. oh god um you know, the Zoomers that are sitting there going, oh, you know, 30-year-olds, don't fuck with my Hogwarts house. Well, you know what? Fuck you. Because when I was a kid, that was all we had, okay? When I was a kid, all we had was books. You guys have the internet. You guys have the world at your feet. You guys can do so much. But us millennials are here going, this is what we had. This is what we clung to. These are the lessons that we learned and we loved. Fuck you for stomping on them. Don't hate us, okay? Because there's going to be something that you love at some point. Like TikTok and Tide Pods. <laughs> and <laughs> we're not going to make fun of you for it, okay? Because we understand that, that at that point in your life, that is all you have. Yeah, and White Claw. 
Yes. Yeah. Oh, I, I don't understand the obsession, obsession with White Claw. And did you see that Budweiser now made a seltzer too? Who did? Budweiser. They made a... Uh, oh, yes, yes. Bud, Bud Light seltzer. Yes. I'm just... Oh, I don't know. I'm like, no, thank you. Is, is Bud Light seltzer the July <laughs> Jumanji demon? Oh, I mean, we we kind of skipped over the murder hornets, which as somebody who's deathly allergic to bees and hornets and all that nasty shit, I'm thankful for because holy fuck, did you see those things? They were the size of my hand. Um, oh, did, um, I, I saw someone I saw someone's tweet is like 22. I'm going to like butcher how they said it, but uh, the gist of it was like 2020 is like someone keeps coming back in time to try to save us from something different, but every time they make things worse. Yep. And yeah, they saved us from murder hornets, but at what cost? Mm-hmm. I, uh, I just look at it as it's one person playing Jumanji by themselves and they just keep rolling the dice and rolling the dice and they're rolling shitty rolls. Or, <laughs> or it's like Ashton Kutcher and the butterfly effect. Oh God. Where he goes back to change one thing, then like fucks up in another area, and like his like his actions like fuck up another thing, and he keeps going back, and then it, it, he just keeps like thinking he's fixing it, but it screws up in some other way. Oh, I just yeah. oh god, that fucking movie. Uh, anyway. Yeah. There's a lot of grieving to be done too. Like as funny as it is to laugh about the murder hornets and the coke gators. And, you know, the possibility of zombie is coming in November. Um, there, There's a lot of grief with a lot of cancellations. <laughs> I mean, yeah. the entire class of 2020 had their graduation and their proms canceled. Although now that things are opening up, I have seen that they are doing uh, reverse proms or uh, I forget what they're calling them. But they're they're trying to make it up to them where they're doing proms again. But they're um, distance I'm, I'm seeing drive-through graduations yo they're doing those um like i just i i feel bad you know i mean if you're if you're in college or you're in high school and like a lot of people could say fuck graduation or fuck prom because i said fuck prom um i actually got thrown out of my prom uh <laughs> <laughs> say perp say um <laughs> You know, but I mean, for a lot of people, while they understand and they've been really respectful about it, and I appreciate the maturity that is coming from, especially the high school classes of 2020, um, that's a lot to give up. You know, we, we talked about that briefly the one day with when we had Keely and Sean on here and we were discussing how she felt with uh, missing school and missing her friends. But I, I mean, that's a lot to grieve over. And then for adults, you know, you're grieving the loss of a job, potentially. You're grieving the, you know, how long is this furlough going to go on if you are even on furlough? You're grieving the loss of any event that you looked forward to. Like, for my family, we love the Ren Fair. I worked there for years. I have attended it for years. I have family there. And it's, it's, not, it's closed. And it's closed for the safety of others, and I respect it. And I think it's a great decision, but it is sad. And I've had to explain to people lately who are angry or upset about it, that it is okay to grieve these things. It is okay to grieve the losses of these things, similar to the way it is okay to grieve people. And I've gotten a lot of flack for that, but hear me out, ladies and gentlemen. Anytime something that you deeply care about, whether it's that one event of the year that you look forward to every year like fair or a convention or just a vacation or getting to even just travel and see your family for a few weeks or days depending on your wealth status because let's be honest the more money you have the longer you can stay with people um it hurts to have to give that up you know no matter your age i mean I have friends that work at fair that are in their fifties and sixties that are grieving the loss of this because they can't see people they care about. I have people that are grieving the loss of the closing affair because they work there and that's their income. And these closures have been happening 
all over the U.S. and they don't have income. And that blows, you know, that that's a heavy loss. That's that's a traumatic fear. Uh, You have to go through the stages of it. You know, for kids who are just starting out in school or who have been in school for a while, who are suddenly thrown into, uh, you know, the Internet based school. Especially if they have any kinds of special needs, like my daughter does, um, it it becomes a frustration for them because their whole schedule and routine is thrown off. They don't have that extra security. That's something that has to be worked through and and grieve. And then we have this virus that's going around that is is killing people. Not as many as it's infecting, but but still a very large number of people throughout the U.S. have have passed. And if you are related to any of them or know anyone who is going through this, that's something that you have to grieve too. And then you also have to grieve the fear of what if this happens to, you know, X person in your life that you, you know and care about. There's just so much trauma that is going on that is not talked about right now. And it is okay to grieve it. It is okay to, to sit there and to be sad and to be angry and to go through all the different steps of grief. And there's nothing wrong with it. It, it is a natural thing to do. And I, guys that are listening and ladies that are listening and non-binary pals that are listening, I, I, I just use guys because I'm from the Midwest and it's, it's a throwaway term, so I apologize. If I offend yeah. However, it is okay to grieve. You, know, you don't have to put on the fruitful of face. Okay. Hmm. I know. Go ahead and laugh. Fruitful laugh. <laughs> Every time I say it, Joey laughs. The fruitful laugh. laugh. <laughs> it is the best word. It really is, and I swear to goodness, someday if our podcast ever gets, you know, to the uh, wide world out there, and we become popular enough that we can make T-shirts, I will make a fruitful of fluff T-shirt, and it will be tie-dye because tie-dye <laughs> makes everyone happy. And it's obnoxious. And I like obnoxious. (laughs) (laughs) But grief is hard. Joey and I have grieved different things. Uh, Different different losses, different stages of our lives that we thought we'd be at. Um, And we've talked about that grief. But it, it's hard to talk about grief when it's not related to a person. I think there's a stigma with that. What would what would you say, Joey? I think so. it, for me in general, it's hard to talk about like when when I'm grieving, it's hard to talk about anyway. Mm-hmm. But uh, I I know I I know I've been feeling it. I've been feeling the frustration at how long this has gone on. I've been feeling the frustration that we have no leadership mm-hmm. with what's going and it's I don't but all of that is, is part of this. That frustration is part of the grieving process because you wanted this year different. We all did. We all wanted a better year. You know, um for those of who are listening I, in the US, this is an election year. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, you know, when this whole thing started, like, I think I've talked about this before on here. The initial, our last day at the library was St. Patrick's Day, March seventeenth, mm-hmm. and at the time it was, we're going to close down for two and a half weeks. the The date set for reopening at first was April 6th. Mm-hmm. So at first I'm like, cool, you know, I'll get a nice two and a half weeks off and I'll still get paid for it. And it'll, it'll be like a bonus vacation time for me. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then it goes, okay, we're not going to be able to open anytime in April. So now it's extended to May 1st. And then for a while, like May 1st, started to approach is like okay we're not going to be able to open then we're not going to be able to start bringing people back until sometime in june and it took a while there was a while of a and then it got to the point like okay we 
we're going to have to start furloughing some people because uh, we don't have it in the budget to keep paying you when we're not open. And so that, so it was a whole, luckily for me, like I was able to get the unemployment thing worked out, but there was a couple of weeks there at the beginning where it was just, taking a toll on like I was getting so stressed out because I was having issues getting signed up for and then my initial claims being denied and I had to go through this whole thing before they got fixed and I mean but and then they can't and then they said they came back with the phases that they were gonna start bringing people back and I had a date for when I am going to go back to work and now I'm hearing as I said earlier, I'm hearing all these cases where it's spiking again and it's uh, it's at its worst than it's been at any point so far. So that's got me thinking, well, it, am I still set to go back when I'm set to go, go back or is that going to change or how is, how is it going to look in Ohio? Yeah. When, when everything and you know, when we open back up, will cases really spike here like they have in California and in Texas and in Florida, I believe? Yes. And are we going to have to close down again? And it's just the uncertainty of, of not knowing how long this thing is really going, going to go on or how much worse it's going to get. It's, you know, it, it can, it is just, it is just a myriad of emotions right now from anger to frustration, to sadness, to not thinking too much about just, just trying to be content every day. Yeah. It's it's a whole range of feelings right now. It is. And and everyone is valid. I feel a lot of anxiety. Um our governor sent us you know out information about how they were gonna how schools were gonna look in fall. And everybody's all up in arms about it. And I'm like, well, it, it's not that bad. You know, there's not gonna be plexiglass cubicles like they talked about. They're still going to have to eat in their school rooms. They're not going to be able to, you know, have mixed class events. We're not going to be able to have concerts. We're not going to be able to have um, lunch, you know, with everybody. Uh, they're not going to be able to use the playground unless, yeah. you know, because it's too hard to sanitize. But they still have the gym, you know. And, uh, it, like, it, it doesn't sound horrible. But to me, you know, what... Keely has um, needs that I, as a mom, can provide her. But as a teacher, I am not equipped to to provide her. And I am very much pro whatever we have to do to, to be able to protect teachers and protect students that want to go back. I feel personally that having the internet classes still for those that aren't comfortable going back or for who those, you know, who, who can't because of the COVID risk or COVID. Um, I lost my word. Um, sorry, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. I know this word I do. Um, the, the exposure, risk of exposure, uh, you know, who have to stay home for the two weeks to make sure that there's nothing wrong and that they don't have it. Um, if they wanted to stay with the iPads and everything else, that would be a great you know thing. And then the kids that, you know, were okay to go to school could go to school. Yes. It would be more work for the teachers. And I apologize to any teachers that are listening. Cause I understand that you guys work tremendously hard. I mean, you guys were freaking warriors. This shit happened. And within like a week, you all had lesson plans all up on the internet. Like give yourselves a round of freaking applause because Holy fuck. Nobody else can do that, okay? That, <laughs> I bow down to your organization, teachers, because Jesus, that was amazing. Like I was, I 
figured that they wouldn't have anything until after uh, spring break. I expected those three weeks to just, just be, you know, at home, kind of tinkering around on the iPad on what was downloaded on it to continue learning. And then, nope, all of a sudden I get an email, hey, there are going to be lesson plans on Wednesday. I'm like, holy shit, you guys did this in, in, in like three days. How? Like, I am aware that you guys plan lesson plans out far, but to be able to suddenly turn it into uh, PowerPoints and presentations that can then be utilized on the internet for your classroom in, in multiple languages even is amazing. Like, I couldn't do it. I couldn't. I could try, but holy crap i'm not organized i mean i'm organized but i'm not that organized like wow teachers i i fully applaud you but my daughter needs that extra person there she needs that person that can go over things with her the way that she needs to who has those tools who has that extra education to deal with children like my daughter who, who need that extra motivation, who need that extra guidance. And I don't. And as a mother, that's very frustrating because I see the frustration in her and I try not to let her see my frustration. And my frustration isn't that she's not getting it. My frustration is that I am not equipped to provide her with what she needs. And I, there is not a way digitally for her to get what she needs. And that is not a fault of anybody. That's not a fault of teachers. That's not a fault of those educators that are there to help children like Keely. It's, it's just, there's really no way to do it because it's such a one-on-one -on -one or, you know, one-on-three thing. And if Keely has to wear a mask, if she has to wear gloves, if she has to wash her hands and use, you know, sanitize everything and eat lunch at her desk, she's cool with that. It's like, I just want to go back. I want to see my people face to face. I want to have this so that I don't get mad at you. Like, I understand that. I respect that. You know, I, I will work with you to make this happen. But people, people have been so cooped up because there is nothing that we can do with these lockdowns. And I, I, that common sense has gone out the window. And we have said before on this podcast that, that for many um, neurotypical people, common sense can be a superpower. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not to make fun of the neurotypical and our neurotypical friends and allies. It's, it's just when, as a neurodivergent person, I overthink everything. And as everything is slowly opening up and I'm like, ooh, yeah, that sounds like fun to do. Ooh, everybody's going there that's a petri dish i'm just gonna avoid that i know I am, the the gyms have opened back up here i still have my planet fitness membership i am i know people have that have been going back but i am i can't bring myself to do it mm -hmm. so I'm, I'm considering <clears throat> i'm consider like i think i'm going to end up like seeing if there's a way i can put my membership on hold indefinitely or if i have to like cancel it because I mean, I'm. I can't bring myself to. I can't bring myself to go until everything is back to normal, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, honestly, this is going to be our new normal. Um, you know, there's there's going to be. I, 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 I know I hate having to hear that term, but that's what it is. So. Yeah. No, I understand. And I respect that fully. I'm the same way because our gyms are are going to be opening up. We're moving into phase four, which is why the casino is going to be opening up. And as much as I want to go, I've had COVID. It blows, okay? I'm still feeling some effects. My sense of taste has not fully come back. I still get really bad swelling. Um, I'm, I'm breathing way better. I'm not coughing anymore. <laughs> I think this is the first podcast I actually haven't coughed on um, <laughs> <laughs> since I had it. Um, but I mean, I can go up and down the stairs multiple times now without getting winded. But there are still moments where I am winded and I have to use my inhaler and it sucks. You know, it, it, it's a frustrating thing because I never had to do that before. And now I have to. And that's my, part of my new normal. I have to go get my kidneys checked again. 
I have to go get my lungs checked again. I have to go get my heart checked. Um, this is all part of my new normal because COVID blows and nobody wants it. And I don't want to potentially go and expose myself again or expose uh, Sean, especially with all of his respiratory issues uh, to it or Keely. You know, I mean, Keely is healthy. David is healthy. My mother has um, issues, so I don't want to expose her either. But I also don't want to stay in my home. I get it. But I see the, the neurotypical kind of running to the beaches and going, oh, things are opening. We don't have to wear masks. While those of us who are neurodivergent are usually kind of like, this is a bad idea. Well, what I've been doing is, well, I'm, as you've seen, I've been doing, I've been going out on walks. Yes. When we've had the weather for, which has been a lot lately. And, but I mean, I, I'm starting to get scared. Like if I'm going to get, like, I don't know the, the symptoms I'm going to feel when I get, because I'll, Today, I didn't go on one of my longer walks. I did two miles today. Mm-hmm. But I think like halfway through after after one mile, and I wanted to go longer, but I started to tire out and I started to feel short of breath. So I'm like, okay, like, I, like I'll like I like pause for a minute. I like try I kept like trying to take a deep breath. I was having trouble doing so, but as soon as I got home and like rested for a minute, I was fine. But yeah, part of me is some part of me was like, okay, like I, I didn't go as long. I didn't go as long today. And I, I'm starting to, I was starting to feel like something like something wasn't right. But so that, so that's got me worried that like could, could I be getting it or how am I, you know, what is going to be the telltale symptom of when I do get it? Yeah. And it's different and, for everybody. Yeah. Because some, so for some people, from what I'm hearing for some people, it's nothing worse than your regular flu. It doesn't feel any worse than that. Oh, it's, it's the flu on steroids yeah. for some people is what they say is it's like the worst flu ever. Um, for me, uh, it, it felt like breathing under sand. Like every breath I took felt like I was breathing sand. Um, my lungs felt like sandpaper. I couldn't get enough air. Um, yeah, my joints all hurt. Yeah, there's a story I'm going to cover on Still Unknown soon. About uh, It was in the news recently because it was a, it's a 30-plus-year-old murder of a young girl who and a, a guy who was wrongfully convicted of it mm-hmm. and went to prison he recently got his conviction overturned and but like recently like towards the end like just before his conviction was overturned he had caught covid while in prison mm-hmm. and he said like for him it was like trying to breathe through a wet sponge yep so it made me think of that yeah, it's just everybody's different. It all depends on how healthy you are to begin with. If you have any um, complications that could make it worse, like I'm autoimmune. Um, it's just, it's a very frustrating thing. Um, but I mean, I have to grieve the fact that I will now need an inhaler for the rest of my life. I have to grieve the fact that this kind of testing is going to be routine for the rest of my life. Um you know, this is my new normal. And I keep saying that, but that's, that's part of what grieving is, is, is finding your new normal is accepting ultimately that what you want isn't there. And it's frustrating. It, I feel like as somebody who suffers from anxiety and depression and uh, PTSD, I personally have had a hard time staying home and I have to grieve the fact that I'm staying home and that my kids can't have the summer I wanted them to have as a mom. I have to personally grieve the fact that 
I'm not going to be the best mom that I could be. I'm not going to be the best partner I could be. And part of that is because I'm stuck in the house. And it reminds me of that time with my ex-husband that I've talked about here. If you have never heard that before, because you're just tuning in. Hi, welcome. Uh, please go and listen to the podcast where I discuss my horrible marriage and you will understand uh, how I was locked in the basement. My house, I can, I can roam around, but it's still like being trapped. It's, it's very much still that feeling and that fear. And it is not a fun thing. So I have to accept and learn how to, I have to grieve, you know, that I have to grieve the fact that because of my mental health and because I'm stuck in this constant state of fight or flight, because of this issue that I have, this is my new normal, you know, fighting off constant panic attacks. And I had a disassociative attack uh, two days ago. I've never had, I haven't had one in a very long time and it was bad. Um, it, it was, it was really scary. It was bad. Um, and, and again, that's going to be part of my normal until I can get out of the house and, and kind of get back to the old normal of taking Keely to school and going to the park with Sean and going to the grocery store and, you know, going for longer walks and going to the forest preserve and hiking for, in regards to my anxiety, you know, you talked Joey about how, when is this going to end? You know, everything keeps getting pushed back farther. I have that fear too. How, how long do I have to feel like I'm in danger as somebody who is autoimmune? How long do I have to try and help Keely when I'm not equipped to help her? You know, that creates uh, so much anxiety. Um, like I said, David and my mom are scheduled to go back to work and are they going to bring COVID home again? Are they going to catch it? Um, you know, what are they going to deal with at work? I, it's this big spiraling ball <laughs> of anxiety. <laughs> and as a neurodivergent person who deals with all these things, my grief in regards to how I'm dealing with it is that I have to grieve the person I wanted to be at this point in my life. And at 31, I had just started to, to finally kind of reach a point where I felt comfortable doing things on my own again. I've talked at length on here about how for the very longest time after my marriage, I didn't want to go anywhere by myself. I didn't want to leave my house. I wanted to go to work and to home and stay there. And now <laughs> I want to go places. I've, I've finally figured out all of the Chicago CTA. <laughs> go me. Um, I pretty much know how to get anywhere in the city now using public transportation. Um, and I'm not afraid to do it alone anymore, <laughs> which is a huge step for me. Um, you know, I wanted to be braver. I wanted to push myself. I went to a convention this year and that was awesome. Um, you know, I wanted to do more stuff like that. I wanted to go to more friends parties and hang out with more people. And uh, David and I wanted to travel you know, and have some us time and all of that is gone, you know? So it, it's not just grieving little things. It's, it's grieving all these different things and in different ways. And COVID has kind of put that all into perspective of how we grieve and how we make it work and, and why. And I have to remind myself almost daily that it is okay that I'm grieving something. It is okay that I'm upset that something's not happening or that something's not going right. That is a natural response to a traumatic event. And I know a lot of people are probably rolling their eyes that I'm, I'm referring to this as a traumatic event. Because in, in retrospect, it's not as traumatic as some of the things that we've talked about on this podcast. However, if you've never dealt with those things, if you've never dealt with any sort of mental health before, or even if you have, but that's, you know, the baseline of it. And suddenly that one thing that you look forward to is not there anymore. That safety blanket, that, um, that pot of gold at the end of the rainbow 
of shit that you have to wade through to get there is gone, you have to grieve it. Grief is, is, is okay. Grief is normal. Whether it's over things or whether it's over people or whether it's over events. And a lot of us are losing out on experiences and things that we wanted to do this year. And being angry and frustrated and scared and sad and all that other mix of emotions that Joey mentioned already are natural. It's okay to feel them. <laughs> I know you're not alone. No, I'm not alone. You're not alone at all by any means, Joey. And all of you that are listening are not alone either. Whether you are a neurotypical person who is listening to this podcast to try and get glimpses of how they can better help their friends or what you can say to people, um, whether you are a fellow neurodivergent person who, you know, is just looking for somebody to go, you know, right on, I got you. Um, we all have to grieve in our ways. We all have to support one another in our grief. You know, I, I grieve very openly. I, I am not afraid of grief. <laughs> I, I get mad and I slam things and I cry and then I'm over it. Because I allow myself to go through those stages. I have a friend who I had to talk through grief recently because they had this whole plan for what, you know, this summer was going to be. And for safety reasons, they can't have it. For safety reasons, their kids aren't even with them. You know, that's, as a mom that hurts that your kids aren't with you, I, I understand that and you need to grieve that because you're missing out on, on things with your kid. That, that's an absolute traumatic experience because holy hell, your kids are important to you. Um, you know, at, on a personal note, you know, you're grieving that loss because you had stuff that you wanted to do either with your kids or with your partner or by yourself. And the world said, Nope. <laughs> it is okay to grieve that grief is fine. Whether you are male mask or female femme or non-binary, wherever you are on the spectrum, it is okay. There's nothing wrong with emotions. So if, if you need to cry about, you know, the fact that you can't have a birthday party. If you need to cry about the fact that a, a convention or a fair or, you know, a summer party or a concert or uh, a rave was canceled, do it. If you want to smash things, go in your backyard and smash things. I had fun doing that. I, I took a sledgehammer to a bunch of stuff recently and I felt powerful. Um, <laughs> You know, grieve however you need to grieve, as long as it's not hurting other people. Um, you know, I, I don't know if you need to hear this, because a lot of, I, I would hope that a lot of people know that it is safe and okay to grieve. But in case you don't, grieve, damn you, it is okay. I give you permission. So, <laughs> yeah, I, so I, uh, hmm, <laughs> I just, no, <laughs> oh, I'm kind of blanking here for a so. but so. My grieve I, damn you threw Joey off, ladies and gentlemen, and yes. none by PayPal's. I threw him oh, off. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, I think. I was uh, gonna say that I uh, probably will have to end this session soon. Yes, but uh, I wanted to close out by saying that is there anything, something new we can do on here? Okay. Is there anything in this coming week you're looking forward to? Or... Anything this coming week. Um, I actually got a bunch of caricature orders. And I love drawing caricatures. If you don't know this about me, I draw caricatures for, I guess, a living. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, 
And I have been drawing up a storm. I'm actually uh, working on one now that I'm finishing up that I got to mail out tomorrow. I, I've been drawing kids. I've been drawing people that graduated. Uh, I love graduation characters, by the way. Uh, if you are listening to this and you know somebody who needs a graduation caricature that got fucked out of their graduation, please message me, DM me uh, on, on my Instagram. It's, it's linked in our, in our page. Uh, I, I would be happy to, to converse with you and, and you know, contact you uh, and make that work and give you something special so that this person can remember you know, this part of their lives in a, in a unique way. Um, I'm actually doing discounts for graduation ones only uh, because, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just, I cannot say enough about how drawing makes me happy and I love doing it and I always look forward to it. I, I also look forward to the fact that I get to meet with um, my editor over Zoom, okay, Zoom, um, to discuss the finalization of the uh, newest edition of Playing With Fire. And I get to finalize the cover art for uh, Up in Flames, which is the second book in my book series within the next week or two. So that's exciting too. Um, yeah, it's, I am making the most of this staying at home order <laughs> and it, it's helping me grieve because uh, it's my silver lining. I am a very silver lining person and I am still creating smiles for people and, and putting things out that will entertain hopefully and make people happy and that they'll enjoy. And that makes me happy. And that's my silver lining in all of this frustration. So that's what I'm looking forward to. What are you looking forward to, Joey? Uh, well, a couple of things that uh, come to mind. So this week uh, on Tuesday, I have a planned uh, interview. Mm-hmm. For Still Unknown. Okay. I am going to be talking with a true crime author. <gasps> Ooh. Is, well, it's actually her first true crime book that we're going to be discussing. That's awesome. And the I'll, I won't be putting the episode out. Plan on putting it out. Her book is released, which is July. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. You're cutting in and out a little bit, but I can hear you. We may have lost Joey, ladies and gentlemen. Technical difficulties abound as always. So either he'll be back or we'll be back in a second. Okay, we should be good to go now. Uh, what was okay. the last thing? What was the last thing you remember me saying? Um, you were trying to give the book date. It was July, and then it cut out, and then you asked okay. to hear you, and then silence. <laughs> okay, it was July twenty eighth. Excellent. And the book is called Hell in the Heartland. I had the opportunity to read a preview copy through NetGalley. And uh, it's fantastic. I'm looking forward to uh, talking with this author. Her name is Jax Miller. Okay. And uh, the book, again, is called Hell in the Heartland. It's about, uh, have you heard of the case of Laura Bible and Ashley Freeman? Yes, I have. It, that is what it's about. Nice. That's a good one. So uh, I'm very excited for that. Mm-hmm. And then Wednesday is the release date for the Unsolved Mysteries reboot. 
I know I saw that, and I'm so excited. I'm pumped. I am too. I shared that trailer on Facebook, and oh boy. Oh, it's gonna it's gonna be good, ladies and gentlemen. If you if you follow us because you're from the true crime community, watch that. It's gonna be awesome. But yes. Yeah. yeah, I know. I'm seeing the comments like, "Hey, no Robert Stack, no deal for me." But I'm like, "Well, there's nothing you can do because he's gone. He's long gone." But sadly, but, he's up finding the answers to those unsolved mysteries. Yeah, but I mean, they're from the looks of how they're rebooting it, it looks like they're they're going to do the best with what they got. There's going to be no host. I think no narrator, but it's still going to... I'm still excited for it. And the yeah. stories... There's going to be some great stories. Uh, one in particular I'm looking forward to that I've heard about they're doing that I never heard this case before is the case of Alonzo Brooks, which... He is an African-American gentleman who went to a party where everyone else there was white, and he disappeared from the after the party and turned up dead a few days later. And there is some, given with what's going on a lot in the world right now, it seems another case that needs exposure. Yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned that one because there was another one that had the same exact thing happen where it was a young African-American woman who went to a party with all of her white uh, sorority sisters or coworkers or something along those lines, and uh, she was found dead the next morning or two days later on the front lawn. Oh, wow. Yep. So I feel like cases regarding particularly black people of color and particularly uh, LGBTQIA plus black people of color uh, are often kind of swept under the rug and we don't hear about them. And any exposure that those kind of cases can get is is phenomenal for those families. And I know that that sounds morbid and it's like, well, why would you want to spot like that? Because you never know who can come forward with those things, you know, with information. You never know who's going to watch that and realize maybe I should have said something or, hmm, you know, I remember kind of this, and I remember seeing something, and you know, anything that can potentially give a family some justice or uh, some some peace of mind is is a beautiful thing. So I'm I'm all for that. But yeah, yeah so uh, that is just a couple of things I got going. I'm looking forward to this week, and uh, yeah, yeah. The other yeah. thing, ah. We didn't get to record last week because I had some family stuff going, but Joey and I have celebrated our first year. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Joey and Alice of Mental Health Warriors has been bringing you podcasts for a year now. Ah! Yeah. Originally started on the Joey Schwartz podcast. Yes, it was. Before we moved here. Yeah. Yeah, but I can't believe it's been that long. I know. I am so excited to anybody that has been listening to us since the beginning. Thank you, because we cannot do this without you. We adore you. Uh, To anybody that is new, we welcome you into this funny, awkward community because we ourselves are strange and unusual. (laughs) (laughs) We talk about a lot of things. Um, I did post on our Instagram. If you are not following that, please do, uh, because we love hearing from you. We really do. We love reviews. We love comments. We love finding out who's been here from the beginning, uh, who's listening from where, all that kind of fun stuff. And, uh, you know, just just comment. We love your comments. We love knowing about you. We do. We really do. But uh, I posted on there, you know, about how we had hit one year and asked uh, about favorite episodes and uh, some stuff. And some people responded and I would love to have more people respond and tell us what they want us to cover. Cause I think we've covered quite a bit in our, in our year, but there's so much more under the vast umbrella of mental health that we need to cover. And there's a couple things that uh, I do want to go back and touch on that. We did it very early in our podcast when we weren't as fabulous as we are now. <laughs> <laughs> there's some guests I'd like to bring back to talk about stuff. Uh, yeah. But I'm excited guys. I, I, I'm, 
thrilled that we made it this far because there have been a lot of podcasts, especially mentally health related, that haven't made it that far. So uh, this is this is special for Joey and I. And to the person that asked if Joey and I are dating, no. Who asked that? <laughs> Somebody asked me that in DMs. They're like, you keep calling him your husband. Are you guys actually dating? <laughs> No, we're just really good friends. He is the Ralph to my Vanellope. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Yeah, well. Yeah, so I think uh, now is the time I really got to unfortunately take off. No, that's fine. I just wanted to remind everybody about that. Uh, Thank you all again for putting us in your ears. We will hopefully be back next Monday to start your week off right. I don't know what the topic is because uh, COVID has kind of taken our schedule and just flung it out the window. So. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll come up with something. We will. I will probably create a schedule by next week of stuff to try and talk about. Um, but if there's anything that our listeners, that you wonderful people that put us in your ears every week, uh, would like us to discuss or think that we should talk about, Please let us know because your ideas are what keep this cranking out and Joey and I would like to be around for many years to come. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, I will just hopefully talk to you next week. Yep, absolutely. All right, mister. I love you. I love love all of our listeners. I love you too. Yay. All right. (laughs) Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone.